welcome to the Spiritual and Empowerment Living with Tia podcast, a sacred place and resource for spiritually centered women who want to go from the mundane to the magical life for overcoming fear and doubt, reconnecting with the goddess, understanding messages from spirit, and uncovering your spiritual gifts so you can finally live the life you deserve. Hello, spiritual trailblazers, and welcome back. I have a very special guest on. I can't wait to introduce you to her. However, you may have heard her before because she was on the podcast. And if you want to just take a little bit back of uh, traveling time, go to episode 174, Living Your Truth and Running a Million Dollar Business with Camera Luna. Ah, one day I'll get special sound effects. <laughs> that was me doing my little clapping, ah, background clap, uh, crowd noise. <laughs> so that's episode 174. She has returned to drop some new gems on us for this episode, starting life over, moving towards your true passion and changing your business niche. Ooh. All right. Yes. So <laughs> camera is a cosmic sensuality coach, pleasure activist host of Riot Dow podcast and founder of the Cosmic Connection Coven, the ultimate discord resource community for all things sex, love, and relationships. Kimra is here to disrupt the status quo to help you discover pleasure you've always dreamed of while shedding your sexual shame so you can channel your inner creatrix and live the life you deserve. Camera is devoted to supporting you in designing rituals that lead you to more fulfilling relationships with yourself and partners. You can find her work at cameraluna.com or on Instagram at cameraluna. Camera, welcome. Thank you for having me again. Super excited to chat. Yes, yes. And we always have such great conversations. Um, yes. Yeah, so I, I also want to give a little background because we've known each other for quite some time now, like m- mainly online, but we've met up in person a few times. Yeah, we've known each other, I don't know, probably five years or more, maybe six years, a long time. We've yeah. known each other and been friends and, and supported each other. And yeah, we've known each other quite a while, quite a while. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I love seeing the the growth and transition that happened and I tell people this all the time, like I still speak about you, whether it's my Uber driver, whomever, I just say, you know, one of the people who has really impacted my life, her name is Kimmer Luna, you should look her up. And the first thing that drew me to her was her Facebook ad where she had blue hair. And I thought, <laughs> oh, she's my people. <laughs> because the thing is, and that, that's one of the things I love about you is that you're outside the box, but not really. You're just being your true self. And that's not really outside the box. You're living in your own lane. And if we can just break down those walls of someone, oh, that person outside the box because their hair color or tattoos or the way they choose to live their life, I just feel like it'd be a better place. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of a quote that I had saw the other day. I can't remember who said the quote, but it was something along the lines of when you stay in your own lane and you live in your own lane, there's never any traffic. And I was like, that's me. I just stick to my own lane. And, and that's what's worked for me for a, for a very long time. For, for most of my adult life, I've really just kind of just went my, own, went my own way and didn't do things how other people expected me to do them. And, and it's turned out really awesome for me. 
Yeah, and, and I think that's what's really important, especially now that you are uh, moving towards living your true passion is that you really have to do what works for you. So can you take us down that timeline of how you got to this point where you're just like, you know what, I'm starting over. Yeah. So, you know, for just a little bit of background, if people didn't hear the last interview, um, yeah, like I, you know, was a business coach for six years. And during the past six years of being a business coach, I loved what I did. I'm very good at what I do. Um, I have people all the time, still even years later, thanking me for the support that I gave them, you know, with growing their businesses. And, and I did love it. I did have a very big heart for it. But as I started going through a divorce three years ago, I had sex coaches and relationship coaches and all these people supporting me. And I saw so much powerful transformation in myself. It gave me this strong desire to help people in that same way. And then I started researching like, oh, how to become a certified sex coach. And I just started Googling around and looking for people online. And I just started studying and studying and studying. And I have spent a lot of money on a lot of certifications over the past three years. I started working with people with people privately, supporting them in their relationships and healing their sexuality, um, particularly healing around shame forgiveness, guilt, um, and being able to release those things so that they could have, you know, powerful sex lives and really, you know, express themselves and be themselves through their sexuality rather than sex feeling like, oh my gosh, it's a burden or scary or they are even just confused about it. So it's been really incredible, incredible journey the past three years working with people. Yeah, and, and that's what I love is that you're able to break down certain barriers. And then in that process, we can look at even the meaning of words. And, and I actually just for a moment want to dive into how you came about uh, coming up with the Cosmic Connection Coven and like the riot dial, because all those words seem so powerful. And we talked a little bit, a little bit about this before we began the show is that when when uh people use certain words like you know the consent word that's a strong word what does that mean there's power in that and i i believe that when people understand power of words they get more in in tune and become okay with their sexuality and moving towards their passion knowing when to let go yeah absolutely with the cosmic connection coven i was you know thinking about how we as people are all made of stars we are all cosmic. We come from stardust. And of course, the word connection was really just about us all building these relationships together. Connection is a core value of mine. Um, it always has been in my business. I'm kind of like the person where people ask me a question, I always answer it. I never miss an email. I reply to every single one. And that's even with having thousands and thousands of people on my list. Um, I respond to everything. I'm really about connection and building relationships. And I feel like that's something that's kind of missing in our society because everything is so digital and technical, but I've made some of my closest friends through the internet. Um, but connection is super, super powerful word. And then coven is what, you know, typically, you know, a group of witches would call, you know, their community. And I really believe that we all have this witchy magical power within us. 
us. And so all three of those words kind of were just the perfect thing of what to name my community um, on Discord. And I just felt like they, like you said, it's like the boards were powerful. And then as for Riot Doll, um, back in the 80s and 90s, there was a movement called the Riot Girl Movement, and it was anti-fascism, anti-capitalism, anti-sexism, anti-homophobia, and it was kind of like an activist punk movement. There's a lot of bands in that genre. If you just search the words uh, Riot Girl, you'll see a bunch of different bands, and a lot of their songs are about those topics. And so that's where I got the word Riot. And then Doll came because when I was growing up, I was very quiet and very like timid and I would just sit very still and people would ask my mother if I was a doll. They would say she looks like a doll. And so that, and I wanted the podcast to be a lot about the topics that I'm interested in. So it is about sex, love and relationships, but also personal development, self-love, plant medicine, um, just general self-healing journeys. And those are the sort of people I'm bringing on to the Riot Doll podcast. But it also has this activism background in it as well, where we are anti-fascist, we are anti-capitalist, we are, you know, anti-sexist, we are anti-homophobic, we are anti-racist. And, you know, it kind of just those two words just fit so well together for me plus I kind of like that they both have four letters it just looks good (laughs) with the branding as well Um, but I I came up with the name almost two years ago it's kind of crazy how long ago it was and I remember talking with um, several other women who I was in a um, sex love and relationship certification program with and I remember posting in our whatsapp like I got the name of the podcast this is what it's going to be about and you know it, it was just they were just like oh my god that's so perfect that's so you we're so stoked for it and the podcast is just about to launch it took us a while to do all the editing and and get everything ready and I had to redo branding a few times and hire a few different designers and we finally got it down packed so now it's ready to launch we have some super amazing guests um, like Shauna Potter she wrote a book called making spaces safer and you know talking about how we can create safe communities that are inclusive and accepting and ways to not call the police um, and keep our community safe Um, and yeah just really powerful amazing people um, coming on as guests and it's it's really excited to be able to launch a podcast that's very much me and the things that I really really care about not just about business which has been all my other podcasts they've all my other podcasts have been about business Um, I did have one on mental health as well called brave visibility that was a really awesome uh, podcast series I did with a business partner um, Yasmin Anal Um, and she's a really amazing Muslim um, leadership coach she's super incredible and so I've had some pretty awesome podcasts but this is the first one that's like really just about the things I'm super interested in and the things that I fight for and the things that I care about. And it's, yeah, it's just, I'm just so excited to launch it out into the world because I think people are going to see just some really incredible, powerful stuff happening with that podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm revved up just listening to it. You talking about, I'm like, all right, where do I sign up for this movement? Yes. (laughs) Yes. There's two things that I, I got from that, and I'm sure the listeners are, are, will get more, but it, I just, like, two overall themes came from that was, you or are, you are the voice of people, for people, representing the people, and the second one is the process. When you were just talking about, even with coming up with the terms, you know, riot and doubt, and what that means to you, 
and what you want that to represent. And, you know, you said you had to do editing a couple of times and things like that. When it comes to shifting gears in life, people get really caught up with their voice and they get caught up with the process. So what are some of the tips you can give people when they want to change in their life, like start over like you're doing? What, what's some of the, the maybe the, the processes you have or like tips to help them to be okay with using their voice and just being involved in the process, not just solely trusting the process? Yeah, for myself, it's really focusing on my values. So when I started coming up with the idea of the Cosmic Connection Coven and creating this community, and when I started coming up with the idea of the podcast, I wrote out what my values are for those particular things. Like, what do I really want to have coming out of this podcast? I want people to feel empowered. That's one of like a primary value. I want people to listen to it and they're empowered to take action in some way, whether that's to do some activism sort of work or whether that's to do personal development work on themselves, whether that is to remove the toxic people out of their lives. I really want people to feel empowered to take an action. And then with like the Cosmic Connection Coven, one of the primary things, I mean, connection was part of it because it's part of the name but another one of those values was freedom i want people to be able to feel true freedom and liberation through their sexuality through their relationships through their careers through all areas of their lives and that was kind of the driving focus for it and when i focus on my values things start falling into place. And so when I would see like the branding and things like that, it's like, well, does that fit all of my values? Like when people see that, will they feel the vibe of my values through that image, whether it's through photos from like a photo shoot, um, whether it's through like actual like fonts that I'm using, like I really just step back from even the design of my website and I take a step back and I look like, does this give the vibe of those values that I want to have out into the world? Um, and definitely a huge value of mine is rebellion. Um, and it's been pretty clear for, you know, most of my life that rebellion is very, very important to me. And it, and that's to me about about going against the grain following the beat of your own drummer like we talked at the very beginning like staying in your own lane like not worrying about what all the rest of the world and the rest of society wants you to do or be or have just choosing that for yourself everyone has their own definitions of success and to me rebellion is like taking care of yourself and doing your self-care it's like the strongest form of rebellion a person can do it's the strongest form of you know rev, rev, like ha creating a revolution against all that societal crap against all the fascism and all that and the capitalism and all those things and we can really genuinely find ourselves when we can get to that point like that's when we're a true rebel and it makes me really excited to be supporting people in that sort of space I recently was working with a client where the word rebellion was something that it was kind of scary to her. She was like, I don't want to go against the grain. I'm, I'm afraid if I do, you know, like, what's my husband going to think? Like, what is my family going to think if I start doing things just like my own way in the ways that I want? And it, it can be very difficult to step outside of that box a little bit to, to do things that aren't supposedly the quote unquote, the societal norms, but it's so powerful when they make those steps. And she did literally just one thing. And she was like, oh my God, Kimra, I feel so empowered. I feel like I'm finally becoming me. And that is when I know like, 
this is the work. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And as I started working with clients um, three years ago, more around their relationships and more connection to themselves, that's when I was just like, this is the work. This is the stuff. And so like my whole passion just flipped that way. And I was just speaking with my partner last night and he's just been going on, you know, bragging about me basically to everyone saying like how proud he is of me, of like seeing like the sort of work that I am putting out into the world and that I'm doing in the world. And he's like, I've never seen someone so passionate about just helping people transform their lives. Um, you know, cause he comes from Idaho. It's kind of a quiet place, you know, and he mostly just hangs around a lot of musicians and stuff. And a lot of them, you know, participate in, you know, a lot of alcohol and drugs or things like that. And he's seeing like, wow, like there's a whole different world of like empowering yourself. So you don't need to have those substances empowering yourself. So you don't need to have addictions and things that are just kind of like like covering up all of the junk in your life like you can actually heal and um, it's been an interesting journey being with him as a person who has been having to heal through a lot of things we've been together for a little bit over a year and you know he's he's working on so much stuff and it's been he has also been an inspiration for me to continue doing this work because I see him needing the type of work that I'm doing and so it's been really cool to have that and I'm just like wow like you've been inspiring to me to create amazing content that would help people like him so um so yeah it's just it's just been an interesting journey and you know like I said just focus on the values if anyone's thinking of changing a niche or going a new direction whether it's anything in their life I mean even if it's just you know getting a different job whatever it is you know or leaving a partner um you know that might be toxic or something what are your core values what are those things that really, really freaking matter to you? And, you know, if, you know, like sex is something that's important to you and it's something you're not getting in a relationship, then figure out how to communicate that so that things can move forward. And if things can't, like they're refusing to get the help and support, then figure out the plan that fits along the rest of your values so you can move forward with your life and make that decision. I'm so glad you hit on all of that. Like I, I was just soaking up everything. I even wrote down some notes and I want to say first and foremost, I'm so happy that you have a partner that's so supportive and inspires you and all that greatness. And next, what I want to say is to people who are listening, I know there are a lot of older people who listen to this podcast and sometimes they're unhappy in their marriage or in their business. Just like Kimber was saying, I don't want people to think, oh, well, you know, Cameron, she has a supportive partner. Cameron literally moved from East Coast to Midwest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, picked out three children. She's a mom of three. So definitely go back to episode 174. She had a very successful multi-million dollar business. So this wasn't something that Cameron was just like, you know what, it's not working, I'm out. The process is definitely something that you have to think about, digest, you know, really take time to, uh, like Cameron said, go back to your values, but I don't want anyone listening to think, oh, but uh, I can't get a divorce. You really have to think about your values because what's going to happen is that will show up as illness. That will show up as you resenting your husband, your, your spouse, whomever is going to show up in other areas in your life. So you really have to think about the approach you want to have here. Not saying it's going to be an easy role, but Cameron mm-hmm. right here is telling you guys how she did it, you know, the thought process and everything. It can be done, but you really got to look at the values and are you communicating? Cameron and I was talking before uh, 
recording about uh, like many things. And one of the things that have been popping up has been uh, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, WAP song. And people are like, oh my God, like, wait a minute, women empowerment, like be communicate or communicate your thoughts. Think about your value. So what I wanted to ask you is, Cameron, when you are helping people to understand their values and to take action, even uh, now in, in your new business, what are some of the things that you are constantly debunking? Um, a lot of it is just stuff that people think about themselves. Like the negative self-talk that is going on is, I mean, even sometimes myself, it's quite surprising when someone is like, well, you know, something that comes up for me is I, you know, say that I'm ugly all the time. And it's become surprising to me because I don't use those words for on myself anymore. Those are things I used to say when I was younger, but as I've healed, I don't say those things. So negative self-talk is is probably one of the biggest factors on why people are being held back. A lot of people assume that other people are out to get them or assume people don't like them. Um, and, you know, they make, they, there's just it, this negative self-talk. It's really something to protect ourselves. Like our brain is trying to protect us from risks. Um, and that's why people are like, oh, well, I'm not good enough to go start that business. I'm not good enough to go follow that passion. I'm not talented enough at this thing to help people in that way. And those negative self-talk I mean it it's just so incredible to me how much that alone holds people back because people say oh it's like someone's environment is holding them back no it's all what's in our head that's holding us back and you know when people can start really I do this process called thought catching where we sit and like actually sit down and write out the thoughts that are coming into their heads and they do that for a whole week journaling it and then afterwards they're so self-aware and they're just like wow I didn't know that I'm the one that's holding me back and when people can be self-aware that's when healing begins self-awareness is the first step to that healing process and if you can get someone whether even it's a friend or family or anyone around you to start having more self-awareness healing starts happening because then they're like oh i do want it to change that thing i want to stop talking bad about my body so how can I start feeling good about my body? And maybe they need to dress up and wear makeup. What I did to feel good about my body, particularly when I was going through my divorce, is I threw out all the clothes that weren't cute. I was like, I'm only wearing cute clothes. Anything else, pajamas, all that stuff in the trash. Like I was just like, I'm done. Like I'm not going to wear this stuff anymore. I'm only wearing my cute stuff because I want to feel cute every single day. And it was something, it totally boosted my confidence, made me feel a lot better about my body. And it, like that alone, being able to express my cuteness, that helped me feel better about myself. And so it's different for every person with healing and, and working through things, you know, whether someone's trying to create healthy boundaries with a family member, there's always their own individual process. I have found there's no right or wrong way to healing. And, and it's been really interesting because I get a lot of questions where people will say, well, I'm going in this situation. How do I deal with that? It's like, well, 
if the person is behaving this way, you might want to do it this way. If they're doing this thing, you might want to do it this way. There's always like 10 answers to like every question. And I find that really interesting, but it's because everybody's journey is their own. Um, and when they're processing things, and I do work with a lot with a lot of people that have experienced trauma as well. And they're like, well, the trauma is the thing that's holding me back. But it's like, well, the lack of healing is what's holding you back. So what can we do to start this healing process? Because the trauma was the thing. How can we separate from that trauma and that and let it just be its thing? It was its thing. We can learn some lessons from it, but how can we actually process it and heal? And everybody's journey is different. For some people, they need to do breath work. For some people, they need to go to the gym every single day and start working out hard. Um, for other people, it's journaling. And there's no right or wrong way, but I find with working with clients, it's it's really, it's kind of like a, like a choose your own adventure when it comes to healing. And we just do what feels good. And if something feels good and they're like, wow, I feel so much better after that, then it's like, okay, let's Let's do that for the next five days and see how you are feeling. And then I have people journal every night before they go to bed. How was I feeling today? Why was I feeling that way? What things made me feel good today? What things made me feel bad today? Like, and they just write it down. And that self-awareness alone starts that process. And it's incredible. Even after just one week of journaling and really diving into yourself, huge transformations happen and it's it's been really incredible to watch um you know i have a client currently who you know she is um trying to heal from sexual assault she was sexually assaulted and hasn't dated in like six years because of it because she's been so terrified to get herself back out there again and you know like it's been incredible just seeing even just the past month what has happened for her and she's finally now like at the point where she's actually like flirting with people and like you know and it's just to me it like it starts bringing tears in my eyes just even thinking about it because it's so incredible to see what can happen just mostly from self-awareness like she didn't have to you know start doing a bunch of chanting and like you know all this praying stuff or things like that she really just had to start being self-aware of her own thoughts and what it was doing to her and then things just started happening and now she's actually smiling when she's on calls with me when before it just wasn't like that. Um, and so it's, it's, it's been an incredible journey, you know, working with people and, and seeing the types of transformations that happen. There's no right or wrong way. You know, if regular standard therapy is the way, then, you know, go to therapy, do the therapy. Um, and if finding a coach, if going to a shaman is the way, whatever it is that feels best, that's going to be the best way for you. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, I really appreciate how you touched on do what's right for you. If that works, we, we're going to do it for five days, see how you feel. Because especially when it comes to spirituality, people think it's supposed to look a certain way. And mm -hmm. that's only half right. It's supposed to look a certain way for you. So yes. that, that's really cool. And and so for people who are thinking, okay, awesome, I got a camera I am going to start a new and X area of my life or X area in my business, but I'm getting pushback. How, 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 what are some of the ways? Cause I know, again, there's many ways to handle pushback, but just for them internally, how can they, what are some of the ways they can handle pushback so they can develop that thicker skin? Yeah, there's a few different really great books on resilience out there. Um, one of the things that I really like to do, especially with clients, is what one of my coaches actually told me. is called Proof of Magic. And so that's basically going out and looking at 
like articles online, trying to find stories about people online who are in your current situation, but have gotten out of that and gotten to the place where you want to be. Because what that does is it helps prove to our conscious mind that those things can happen, that those results that we're looking for can happen, whether it's starting a whole new business or leaving a corporate job and becoming an entrepreneur. And when we start looking up those stories and, and it gives us this belief that we can actually do it. And that's something that I did accidentally when I was first starting my business, I started looking at stories of, you know, moms that were having success online. And I was just like, wow, all of these moms are kicking butt. And it started giving me the belief that I could kick butt too. And then my belief kept growing and growing and growing. Because really, I wasn't more talented necessarily than everybody else. There was a lot of people, the industry was really saturated. There was a ton of business coaches, a ton of people teaching marketing and branding strategies. And I, I wasn't really insanely different from everybody else. Um, besides the fact that I did teach more technical things, I think than some people, but there really wasn't something that I could say like, Oh my gosh, my brand completely stood out. It was more my story that stood out. It was more my passion that stood out. It was the things I cared about that stood out, the things I stood for that stood out. Um, and so when people are creating businesses, I think they always think like there's an exact perfect strategy or, or whatever. And we're always going to get naysayers. It doesn't matter. I have whole forums where people trash talk me. That's all they do. They go to my social media posts and then post them in those groups and trash talk my posts. And I'll probably have it for the rest of my life. And I just have to get to the point where I'm like, you know what? What they say doesn't matter because I'm serving people. I'm helping people in some way. I'm doing my passion. That's what matters because I have children who are looking up to me and I want them to see their mama doing the thing that they're, that I'm passionate about. I don't want them to see like, Oh, oh I got to do this today. I don't, I don't want them to see me dreading my day. And I think having kids kind of became that inspiration for me. I feel like if I didn't have kids, I probably would just like have some like lame like type of job that's really boring and you know type of thing um but you know like i i have to think about the legacy that i'm putting out into the world and and when i when i focus on those things the things that i genuinely want to create the people i want to serve with somebody like naysaying or saying oh you shouldn't do that cuz i have had people tell me like well you should just stay a business coach that's going to pay your bills i mean I had to take a big pay decrease in order to start over. Um, you know, I moved to a place that was less expensive so that I could start over. Well, at least that was one of the reasons. My partner lives here and we were long distance dating. So that was one reason why I moved here. But it's it less, it's cost a lot less to live here than it does to live in New, in Jersey City across the street from Man, or across the river from Manhattan. So, you know, I, I had to downsize my life and I had to be okay with that because everybody's definition of success is different. Even though I downsized my whole life, I still feel successful. It didn't make me feel like I'm a failure because I'm going through a divorce, a failure because I'm a single mom, a failure because I had to let go of a lot of things in my business because of the divorce, because I had to downsize my income. And I did downsize quite a lot, like significantly downsized my income, but it's been worth it for me to follow my passion and serve people. And I would rather be serving people as much as humanly possible in the way that I want to. And, you know, 
just pay the bills and I'm perfectly content with that. And I think when you feel confident with yourself, you can become content with any sorts of changes. And so building confidence is so important. And I know it can be hard for a lot of people, especially if you're like, oh, I have all these fears of the unknown. And if you can kind of flip that and get excited about the unknown, because in the unknown, miracles can happen. In the unknown, money will just flow to you and you don't even know where it comes from. In the unknown, relationships and connections will come to you that you don't even know about yet. And so I, I'm a person who gets very excited about the unknown. And I think that's something that has led to success in, in me. Like I'll, you know, it was interesting the other day, I was kind of like, wow, like my Instagram, like it's not as bumping as it used to be because I've changed niches and I know I'm talking about different topics and stuff now. And then I had several people who have like half a million and a million followers were commenting on my posts. And I was like, who are these people? Like, I didn't like, how am I in their radar? But the reason why is because the energy I'm putting out is like the right connections are going to come. They're going to come no matter what. And guess what? Some of these people, they're going to invite me onto their podcast. These people are going to, you know, shout me out or share my posts and then I'm going to get more followers. Like, you know, like it's like, I just have that belief is so strong that nothing can shake it. It doesn't matter how many naysayers I have. Nothing will ever shake it because my belief in my passion and the thing in the way I want to serve the world is so strong doesn't doesn't matter what anybody says people could tell me straight to my face like your business is gonna gonna suck that's so stupid why would you do that I just be like I don't care what you say you know and it, it did take me a long time to get to that point it still stings when people say mean things about me especially like online or or hurtful things or attack me in some way but it's gotten to the point where it's like, you know what, my, the thing I'm passionate about matters more. My relationships with my children matter more. Creating a legacy for my children matters more. You know, a lot of other things matter more than, you know, what someone is saying about me or what they think about what I'm doing. Right. And I have to say, as rebellious as you are, I can't imagine you at a lame job. You'll probably tell them what they can do <laughs> to make it better. <laughs> I, I, call, I call myself uh, psychologically unemployable because um, any job that I ever had, the bosses did not like me because they felt I was, quote, undermining them because I would want to make things better. I'd be like, how about we place this over here and there? And that's actually better, easier for the customers to reach it. And they thought I was like undermining them because I wanted to make things better. Um, so I'm like, I'm psychologically unemployable. <laughs> no, I, I can, I can totally understand that. And I really liked how you <laughs> talked about uh, the changes that you underwent because a lot of people uh, their their identity is within or is associated with their job title, the house, being married, their income, that the thought of changing because it's worth it. And that's literally what I wrote down, what you said, is it worth it to me? It's like, oh, it's not worth it because I won't have the five or, you know, six, eight bedroom home and I won't be able to drive this car. But diving into the unknown can proved to be an even greater, you know, benefit than you can ever imagine. So I really encourage people to go get the proof of magic. Definitely take notes, listen to this episode again, because it's so easy for us. And, and I used to be someone like that too. The more certificates I got academic wise, I loved it. Like you couldn't tell me shit. <laughs> I was like, I got a degree that's written in Latin. Okay. But that's not what's going to bring happiness. And I had to look internally. 
So really ask yourself, is it worth it? And start embracing the unknown, okay? Because again, the last thing you want to do is to be 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, 80 years old and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not living my life. Matter of fact, I just saw a post on Facebook about uh, an older guy, I think he's 80 or something like that. He just came out as being gay and he's so happy about that. And I thought to myself, here's a guy that has seen many things in life. And here's a guy who couldn't be his full self. So I actually want to segue into your business because your new business, because as, as we were talking about beforehand, you know, people, they won't feel so ashamed and they won't feel like they can't communicate and be themselves if they were just able to have a space where they can dive into their sexuality, dive into whatever um, self-care looks like for them and things like that. So can we talk a little bit more about uh, your, your new business? <laughs> Yeah, so I became a sex, love, and relationship coach. I also am becoming NLP certified, EFT certified, hypnosis, all all sorts of stuff. Basically, I was like, I'm going to get all the certifications because I was like, I just want to learn and I want to work with people and I'm just going to work my butt off. I have spent a lot of money on certifications over the past few years. I've spent probably 17000 just on education just this year alone um, because I want to be the best. I'm definitely a person where where I strive to be really good at what I do because if I'm charging people money, I want to make sure that they have results. And so I found some great coaches. I've been learning, you know, doing all this stuff and, you know, working with people, basically like beta clients, you know, like testing out my processes and things um, with, with clients. Um, and, you know, when I started getting into this, it it's become very deep because it's like, you know, I have three kids and, you know, doing sex education especially is super important for me. I really hope that, you know, people can come and see my Instagram post or join my community and get educated on things that they didn't really know about or they were too scared to even Google or scared to like learn about. Um, It's really important for me for people to have knowledge because knowledge gives them tools. And when they can use those tools, then they feel more empowered when they have a toolbox that's ready you know, and whether that's a toolbox to help them with their anxiety or whether that's a toolbox that's like, hey, this is like how you give a really great BJ, you know, whatever the tool is that they're looking for. I really want to be that person that helps provide that for them. So people don't feel so ashamed of their sexuality. And I'm so glad about, you know, um, Cardi B and Megan the Stallion, you know, coming out with, you know, a song that's all about wet pussies, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, yes, Finally, somebody is like talking about this. And I wish that songs were like that when I was younger so that I would have felt more confident in my sexuality. And just seeing these women so confident in this music video, I'm just like, like I watched that video like a hundred times. Like I was just like, yes, yes, yes. The whole time it just made, made me feel so powerful inside. And I really hope that my content helps people feel powerful inside too. Like I want my content to have that sort of impact like the WAP video had. I want it so that when people come to my, they see my content, they watch my live streams, they see my YouTube videos, they're like, yes, I got it. Um, And that goes back to that word empowered that is part of one of my core values because that's what I want people to feel when they see my content. And even from like younger, younger kids as well. Like when I lived in New York City, I used to do some work in the high schools. And I'm really hoping on um, getting into some of the high schools here. It's a little bit difficult now with COVID and such. But 
Um, you know, I really want to get back into the high schools and do some more, you know, sex education in the schools. Um, and even if it's just talking to kids about it and like seeing what questions they have, um, because I feel like a lot of like the sex ed, especially here in Idaho, it's, they don't really teach even things about consent and things that to me feel like that should be a basic thing that's taught. Um, and like, even like my, my own oldest son, he's 11 and, you know, he's already been asking questions and been curious about things and just hearing the questions that he has, I'm like, wow, like they didn't teach me the answers to those questions when I was in school, you know? And so that means they're not teaching that at school. And in Idaho, it's all about just like abstinence and just like avoid sex basically. But that actually puts pressure on someone in a different way of them feeling like, well, but I have these sexual thoughts. Is something wrong with me? Is that bad to be curious about these things? Because they're told basically to not be curious. They're told not to explore. Um, And it's, it's, really interesting to see what's going to happen, I think, with sex ed, ed in schools, because now there's so much education online. Kids are learning so much from YouTubers, um, you know, who are really great sex educators, actually. There's a lot that are really awesome online. And it's just, it's it keeps inspiring me even more. I do feel that a lot of my direction is going to be, like, like, recently, I've been being really, really called towards working with mothers, um, particularly like during pregnancy, after pregnancy, I really want to be a doula someday. Um, you know, that's real. like, I'm pretty sure I'll be a doula at some point. I'm a birth junkie. I love everything that there is about birth. Um, and you know, like helping women, you know, find their sex, their sexualness inside of them after they become a mother, because it's really draining to give so much energy to your children. And then all of a sudden you're having to give it to your spouse after that. It's, it's so draining. Um, I know personally from having three kids. Um, and so I've been drawn towards supporting people in that way. I've been drawn towards supporting teens, especially the LGBTQ youth and understanding their their sexuality and becoming more confident in their sexuality. Um, those are just, you know, kind of major things that are so important to me. Um, but I have a lot of passions and that's one of the reasons why I created the riot doll podcast. So I could talk about all of them. Um, I've always been kind of like a, a Jane of all trades type of person who has lots and lots and lots of interest. And I, and I, that's why I'm so excited about my podcast is like, I can finally talk about all the topics I want to talk about. I could finally interview all the people that I want to interview. Um, because before it's like, I was kind of like, kind of stuck with only interviewing like people that taught business stuff. And now it's like a whole world has opened for me. And every day I'm just so pumped up about it. And even like my partner, he's like, Kimra, you get so excited about everything, like more than any person I ever see. Like I just, and I think that's something that has brought me success is when I love something, I just get so excited about it. And I'm so stoked about it. I just go full force into it. And it, and people say, well, isn't that just a personality type? And no, it absolutely isn't. When I was a kid, I was not like that at all. Um, I used to be so scared to try new things and scared of, you know, just everything. And I was such a victim also. I really, really um, accepted a victim role. Um, And, you know, it, it was, it's just like, I have to to focus on these things as I want to help people so much. So I'm continually educating myself. I'm continually working with my clients. I'm continually creating content and it's all just going to keep evolving and evolving and growing. And like I said, I'm just so freaking stoked um, about all the content I'm putting out. And I, and I hope other people are too, because um, you know, my heart is behind all of it.
Yeah, no, I, I am super excited. And, and you know, I, I am so passionate about stuff like that. And I think that people do need to get uh, better education about uh, sex, love, relationships, and understand what works for them, what doesn't work for them. Because it's just, at least for me, it's frustrating to see people not dive into themselves and then they become, like I was saying earlier, X age. And now they're trying to go on the path of, oh, let me catch up or let me like dive into all this stuff. And one thing I, I really love about you is that one, what you see is what, you're, what you get. So there, there's so many people out there that want to say, oh, let's educate about this, let's educate about that. But there's an agenda there and they don't really get the education. Like you said, you know, just abstinence, just don't have sex. Look, kids are going to have sex. They won't know what it's called. They're going to come up with some trendy hashtag name or something like that. <laughs> so let's like put that out there. They're going to do it. Two is, mm-hmm. is uh, I like how um, you were just saying like the power, you know, like, yeah, I remember hearing like Little Kim songs and I thought she was mm. the power. I was like, oh man, y'all like, yeah, Little Kim and Foxy Brown and Dina Howard. I was like, yeah, yeah. And then here we are with uh, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. And it's just like, like you said, thank you. Because men are, are taught, or at least it's like uh, promoted. Oh, like, yeah, guys, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, do you guys, wait a minute. What about the women? And I, and that's why I'm just so thrilled that you're doing this because I know just like talking with many women over the years and in some Facebook groups, I mean, there are women who want to do a lot of different things sexually. They didn't get a chance to do it. So, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of times it's society, right? Because they're told whatever society you're in, you're told here's the standard. And if you do anything else, you're outside the box, you're different and you get called a name. That's one mm-hmm. of the reasons why I started off asking you, how did you come up with the names? And I want to talk about names because really when we're changing anything, especially when we're starting from scratch in many ways, what's the name that we're going to take on here? What's mm-hmm. that mean? Is that going to be triggering? So yeah, yeah so I, I just thought that that was really uh, interesting that you talked about that and, and the power and understanding that, you know, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's really an interesting time. And when that WAP, when the WAP came out, I was just like, this is just confirming the work that I'm doing in the world. And it was another proof of magic for me. Like I was like, this video proves that what I'm doing is needed in this world because it created so much like quote unquote controversy. I'm like, I don't see what's controversial about women wanting to have wet pussies. I don't understand what's controversial about that. But (laughs) controversial. And I mean, the Ben Shapiro thing, oh my God. Like I've been cracking up at all the memes about him. Um, So you're going to have to go on Twitter and look up Ben Shapiro and and WAP because it's so funny. Um, But, you know, it's like these people, they try to criticize something that they're, they just, they don't understand it. And I'm like, how do they not understand that women's bodies like to be wet when we have sex you know like like how do they like why do people not understand that yet it's it was kind of confusing to me to see how it was so controversial and all this stuff and I'm just like dude this is like 
one of the most powerful music videos I've ever seen, you know, and I grew up on MTV. And like you said, you know, like Foxy Brown and all sorts of stuff. And I remember my mom used to be like, you shouldn't be watching that. Blah. And I was just like, what are you talking about? Like, this chick's awesome. You know, like, like this is great. You know, like, I want to watch this. Um, but it was, it was because I was seeking that empowerment too. Even at, a, even when I was a kid, I was like, wow. Yeah. Like I love these people on MTV because they have that sexuality and, and we as humans, we are sexual beings. And if we can finally start accepting it and not feeling shame about it, like that, that's like my mission in this world is that people come and contact me and they can therefore start shedding that shame and start feeling that power in their sexuality. Absolutely. So people start emailing camera. You have her website, start DMing her yes. <laughs> on Instagram and, and start reclaiming that because you know, this is so uh, multi-layered um, mm-hmm. simply because people are really changing. And like I said, I, I have WAP on repeat on, on my phone. It's like, it's an anthem probably for the rest of the year at this point. But <laughs> the thing <laughs> is, we, and, and I mean, like, just as a whole, we had to also, and you talked a little bit about this too, had to create our our safe space, like our, our community, so to speak, because... Mm-hmm. It's understood, at least overall, you're not going to agree with everyone 100% of the time. And that's okay, because if we did, it would be cheesy, it'd be corny world. But we need to have space so we can have that communication, so we can talk. So what I encourage the listeners to is don't be afraid to create your own coven, you know, your own friends, Mm. your own, because I tell you something, after a while, your friends become your family. Like, that's just the truth. And, and I have friends of different religions, backgrounds. Seriously, we look like the United Nations. Like, people can't believe that we're all together. They actually ask us sometimes, how do you know each other? And I'm thinking, it's, it's, we're in the 2000s now. How, how, like, it's, it's called diversity. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, maybe, you know, you, you, well, Cameron has a trademark, so you can't have a cosmic connection coven, but maybe you could form your own coven and you can have these conversations because what's the point if we can't, be open and say, hey, you know, Samantha, I'm really looking to change in my life. And, you know, because I'm not happy, you know, it's no longer worth it. I, I need this change. And then Samantha is just like, oh, you're crazy. You know, then you probably need to reevaluate who you're hanging around. Yeah, absolutely. And even with my clients, I bring them through a process that's around the people they surround themselves with. Because if you are looking to grow and better yourself and everybody else around you is just staying stale and stagnant, then your growth can't happen as as rapidly as you would like it to. Um, And so that's something that I've noticed myself, um, my partner, he's been having a very similar experience where he's like, wait, some of these people aren't growing. Do I really want to spend a lot of time and energy with these people? And that's something for me where sometimes it can be kind of hard to find friends because I want friends who are into personal development and who are growing as a person and who want to have these deep conversations. Like I want my conversations at the dinner table to be like this, like, like what we just had, you know, like, like, 
like that's the sort of connections that I love. And it sometimes it has been difficult to find those people, but I'm finally creating like my own little coven, like locally with like other women and some men as well, um, where we are able to have these sort of conversations and really, you know, grow as people. And it's my goal to actually open up a local space where we can have these conversations and can have workshops and that are very specific around opening up about certain things. Um, with my uh, program, I have a program called Slowing the F Down, and our group is called The Sanctuary. And in The Sanctuary, we have a monthly intimacy circle. And in that circle, it is the space. It's not recorded at all. Uh, people could come in and use a pen name. They don't have to use their real name, keep their camera off on the Zoom, and they can come in and just share the things that they need to share. And it could be whether you're ranting, crying, angry. It's just a space where we hold space for each other to allow each other to express things. And it's been so incredible to see what has happened in just that Zoom call. So this didn't even have to be in person for this intimacy to happen. And it's been so incredible to see so powerful, so much transformation just by people being able to have a safe space to let things out has been so, I mean, it's just so big. And if you're someone who has the capacity to allow a friend to do that, I mean, make sure obviously you're, you have the capacity to allow a friend to vent, let them vent. Because you never know what that person just needs to get off of their chest. And if they can reciprocate, great. If they can't, that's okay too, right? Um, I remember when I was going through my divorce, I had a friend who she had set a boundary with me. And it because she was like, you know, like when we talk, it's like it ends up being about your divorce a lot. And she's like, it kind of triggers me a little bit, you know. And I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, sorry about that. I'll make sure when I talk about that, I'm venting with someone else who does have the capacity to talk about that. And so I ended up asking someone else like, Hey, like, you know, like I really just need to vent. Is that something that you can hold space for right now? And if they said, no, it's just like, Oh, okay. So then I call someone else. And it was really awesome that my friend had set that boundary. It made it so clear to me how she wanted to be communicated with. And it was something, it was like a lesson for me to learn because when sometimes when we're going through stuff, we think, oh, we could just vent to everyone around us. And that's not really the case. And so I had to learn that boundary myself. And it was such a powerful experience. And, you know, I feel like everyone, if we can all communicate in that way, and we can say, hey, I really need to vent today. Are you able to just allow that to happen rather than just getting on the phone and just dumping everything onto our friend? And then they're all traumatized because we're, and because we're telling them all about our traumas, you know? Um, so it's, it's really interesting, like learning. It's, it's like a new way of learning how to communicate with, with each other. Um, cause this stuff isn't taught in school. It's not, I mean, most books don't even teach this sort of stuff. So it's like, we're all learning this together in a collective. And I feel like, the, there's so much more conscious leaders now who are creating communities and groups and they're doing it in these ways that are that are making it so it is safe for everyone like people don't have to attend my intimacy circle it's optional it's not like required to attend it's like if you want to attend and hold space for each other then let's do that let's all be powerful and hold space for each other if you don't want to or you want to pop off the call at any time that's okay see you later you know blessings, you know, type of thing. And, and so we can create these powerful, powerful circles with other people, men, women, whoever you feel, you know, comfortable creating a circle with, um, so that you can have that sort of time to have those amazing conversations. Um, because people, sometimes they just need some space. 
to be able to share something that's on their heart and it could be positive or negative, but it's just let them share. And it's really incredible the things that can, that can happen. And it doesn't mean you have to be like some coach or someone to do it. It's really just holding space and saying like, you know, Hey, I'm here for you. Um, and that's really all that some people need. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, you uh, remind me of one of my uh, elder friends. She used to just have gatherings in her home. This is many years ago. She's been having this for several years now. And people would constantly say to her, I feel charged after leaving, you know, your, your house. And she just would just talk and like just gave people space. And so then she ended up starting the charge station. And she would have mm-hmm. th- these meetups at different locations throughout Philadelphia. But it really just started with her wanting to just be that person to hold space for people to help with personal growth and things like that. So yeah. And another thing I liked was that you really just, you, you talked about gradual change and gradual growth. When you said, when they come in, in these, these intimacy circles, you know, we're online, they don't have to put their real name. They don't have to turn on the camera, things like that. That's what I really love about uh, growth is that you can go at your own pace and yeah. if you are dealing with someone who's pressuring like, oh, yeah, go out there and just do, 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 especially in, in the realm mm-hmm. of like sex, love, relationships, even in some forms of spirituality, it, it needs to be that gradual growth to that point where the person feels comfortable, comfortable because we don't know what someone has been through. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. So, we see yeah. like less than like 5% of what right. the, a person has been through. Like even just seeing someone's social media you don't really know that person. Um, you know, we never know what their childhood was like. We don't know what traumas they've had. We don't know what powerful, incredible experiences they've had unless they've directly shared those with us. And so we can't assume someone is at the same place in personal development as us. Um, and I, I've been blessed that I've been doing personal development work since I was 20. So 14 years of personal development work. I'm so grateful for that. I can't assume someone else has done 14 years of personal development work, you know, like a lot of people still are just learning about this work. Mm -hmm. They're just learning how to love themselves. They're just learning how to love their bodies. And some people have a hard time even looking in the mirror, you know, and sometimes that is just a, a first baby step for them to start being like, wow, I can look myself in the mirror. And it to someone else, they might be like, what are you talking about? But to them, it might be completely powerful so everyone's experience is different especially with personal development and to me it's just we have to just be patient and kind and compassionate for each other have empathy for each other support each other care about each other you know because we don't know someone's lived experience we really don't and sometimes like even myself as a coach someone will, you know, book a consultation with me. And sometimes the things they say to me is just completely shocking that I'm like, wow, I can't even believe this happened to a person. And this person is so resilient having gone through that thing. And it just makes me feel honored that they would even get on a call with me and trust me to open up about those things with me. And I think sometimes we don't see that as like a blessing. Like I feel when someone is sharing with me, they're blessing me with that. They're allowing me to witness them. And, and I think we have to kind of like, we have to like really just be like, wow, this is, it's incredible for someone to even open up to you because you don't know, they may have never opened up to anybody about that before. Right. And so it's, it's, yeah, holding intimacy circles and just, I mean, just in general, cause I've always had really great groups of friends, especially over the past like six years, I've really had incredible people who are into personal development, be my friends. And it's, 
it's just been so wonderful just to have beautiful conversations with people. And even if it's conversations where everyone's crying, it's still beautiful and magical. And I feel anytime someone opens up to me, it's just a blessing to me. And I'm like, thank you for allowing me to witness you and hear you and see you and, uh, and for trusting me enough to even say these words and verbalize these things to me. That to me is a blessing. Yeah, I have to tell you, well, yeah, I used to be the person who didn't look in the mirror. Um, I used to have really bad acne as a kid. I mean, you could, I, I joke about it now by saying you could play connect the dots with my face. That's how much acne I had. So I was like, yeah, what's the point? I just need to be clean, look neat. That's it. But it wasn't really until I started like little by little. That's why I love that gradual growth. Mm-hmm. Wearing makeup over time. And then like finally when I got my teeth fixed, and I got my teeth fixed when I was 30. Okay, that was only uh-huh. five years ago. I'll be 35 next Monday. So, well, when this goes live, I'll already be 35. But, <laughs> yeah. but so that was a big, 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 big deal for me. Now I love taking selfies, but it's not just because it's like, look at my face. Now it's like I'm documenting more good times. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. afraid to take a picture and worry about my teeth or my acne. But again, it's a process of understanding myself, understanding skincare, all that jazz. But yeah, when it comes to people trusting you with their lives, when I was like in my early 20s, people were telling me private, intimate details about their life. And I was just like, uh, 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 uh. I was scared because mm-hmm. I was just like, I thought like, okay, who am I for you to tell me like you're old enough to be like my aunt, you know, or just like a random dude would ask me questions about, you know, helping him with this girlfriend. I'll be on a train and he goes, excuse me. And just start talking. I was like, uh, you don't know me, you don't. But anyway, what I'm saying is what I learned is that people sense something about someone and what it is, they sensing that, that trust, that comfort, that space that mm-hmm. you grant them as a person. And what I learned is that sometimes people are really focusing on being strong being the alpha because they have to not necessarily because they want to so if anyone mm-hmm. who's listening and someone comes to you and you're just like oh man like nancy's coming to me again about this yeah you can you can set a boundary boundary like Cameron was saying and you can say something like oh you know uh nancy how about we talk about this at lunchtime now's not a good time something like that but mm-hmm. keep in mind that people sense something in you that you may not sense yourself and that's mm-hmm. why they're coming to you with that Yeah. And sometimes it's hard when you're like an empath or like a healer. And some people here might not even consider themselves healers, but you are. Um, And, um, you know, people can really sense it and they can feel it. And that's even more important when you're empathic or a healer or an intuitive sort of person um, to set more boundaries with people. Um, That's why, like, I always have office hours on Thursdays. That's the day that I go into my communities and I answer every single question because on those days I make sure sure I do like my sacred work in the mornings. I make sure I have like the right energy and the right mindset in place to answer everyone's questions because who knows what happens in the middle of the week. My youngest son is autistic. He has therapy all the time. You know, we never know what goes on in our lives, especially being a single mom with three kids. I don't even, some days I'm like, I don't even know what day of the week it is, but I know on Thursdays, that's my day where I'm holding space for people. That's the day where I'm answering the questions. And if someone wants to talk to me, I book those calls on Thursday. 
because that's my day that I do it. And that's how I keep myself in so that I'm able to have a container. So then Thursday nights, I can just focus on relaxing and, you know, processing that. And I usually take like three showers on Thursdays because I'm just like washing that energy off of me, you know, and, and, but I know that Thursdays are my day for that. Nice. So now do you see yourself ever going back to coaching for business minded people at all? Um, I do have one person right now who's really interested in working with me for the rest of the year. Um, it kind of depends on the person and the project. Um, I really love supporting people in launching. So I might still do some coaching around supporting people to like launch their memberships and really build momentum in their businesses. Um, but I don't think I'll coach people for like long, long-term projects. Like I don't think I'll be doing like year-long coaching programs. Um, I have had a few people that have asked me, to do some workshops on like how I've transitioned my niche, like more like the technical aspects of it um, and like the strategy behind of what I'm doing. And so I might host maybe one or two workshops on that because I do still have like an email list of people who are those business minded people. Um, So I might do a few kind of maybe just like $10 workshops or something like that. So people can, you know, kind of see what my thought process has been through changing my niche. But I don't think I'm going to do any major long-term coaching I would rather spend my energy coaching one-on-one clients which I only really take three or four at a time I don't take a lot of one-on-one clients because it does take a lot of energy I prefer to create a lot of digital content do a lot of live streams I'm live streaming on twitch Monday and Wednesday Friday so I'm doing a lot of live streams putting a lot of content out into the world and I prefer most of my stuff to be digital or in in, inside of online communities um, because it's more it is a little bit more quote-unquote passive it's technically not passive because I'm still like coaching people inside the communities basically. Um, but, um, I just kind of like that way a little bit better. It's easier for me with the kids, especially with my youngest son, because, you know, he's autistic. He doesn't understand, you know, don't come in. Mommy's on a client call. Like he doesn't quite get it. Um, even though I've been a coach for so many years. And so he'll just like barge right in when I'm in the middle of doing a hypnosis session with someone, you know? Um, so, um, that's one of the reasons why I don't take on too many clients is because I don't have like an office space quite yet but my goal is to be able to have an office space and then I will be able to take some more one-on-one clients when I when I know for sure it can be quiet and not interrupted mm-hmm. yeah so af- after the pandemic how about uh, any sex love relationship retreats Absolutely. I would like to host rage retreats. So something that's been really on my heart and I was called to last September, I went to my first retreat and my ancestors called me to work with people around rage and anger. And so I would love to host a retreat around, around that topic, especially if it's anger and rage around sexuality. Um, and so I'm considering doing that as well. So I live I live in Idaho now, and it's very beautiful here. We have beautiful mountains. And so I would love to rent a cabin and do some retreats, um, bring on maybe two or three other uh, facilitators for retreats, and really do a lot of, of healing work. Um, and it's going to be a lot of screaming into pillows and punching, punching bags and like things like that. But um, I really want to, um, to do some really cool work um, in that sort of capacity. It's something 
something I've been really interested in for a really long time. And a lot of it will be healing the, the inner child rage and anger. Um, and so, yes, I absolutely want to do retreats. Once, once it's completely safe, I will be doing at least one or two a year. And I might even just host some like local events, like workshop series and that sort of stuff. I love doing local work. Um, when I first became a Reiki master 10 years ago, um, I used to host events um, in my, I lived at my in-laws house. I would host them in my in-laws living room. Um, and um, I've always loved doing in-person sort of work. Um, I've loved hosting like big events, like conference style events. Um, but I'm really into the small circles, like the intimacy, like just five or six people. I love that sort of stuff. And so I'm, I'm super excited to, to, you know, be able to do that once, once coronavirus is, hopefully dissipating a bit or at least not um, harming as many people as it is now. Yeah. We need to speak to the management of COVID-19, please. <laughs> yeah. wrap this up. Okay. I know. I'm like, please just <laughs> chill out a little bit. But in, in here in Idaho, it's been on a huge increase, uh, a huge spike right now. Um, we're kind of a hot spot right now. So um, it's definitely, I'm definitely not going to be inviting anyone to come to Idaho anytime soon. So yeah oh man speaking of that yesterday was the first day out of six months so since it's been declared a pandemic that I actually went out to an outdoor restaurant and got drinks and food I was crying tears on the inside of happiness yeah <laughs> yeah we yeah here in Idaho they got all the way to like phase three or whatever and so some bars opened and when the bars opened it started spreading like wildfire like it just huge spikes right when the bars opened up and so they had to close all the bars and everything back down again and close all the restaurants again but there were several restaurant owners and bar owners who were diagnosed with covid and like here in idaho it's like a small space so people like really know each other so these are like my facebook friends and they're like oh yeah i own so and so bar and you know we opened up and now i'm sick you know and so it's been it, it was definitely a direct correlation of of people getting sick when the bars opened and now it just hasn't really died down and now the schools are starting to open and i'm just like Psh. My kids are staying home. They're being unschooled. I'm not. I'm not putting them in that situation. Um, mainly because I just feel it would, it would seem weird to like be wearing masks all day, and I don't know. It just seems like it wouldn't be a fun environment. So they could just stay home, and and we'll do schoolwork here. <laughs> a lot, a lot easier for me. I also saw the the best meme that would describe kids going to school, and it goes like. You send your kid to school with a Spider-Man mask and then he comes home with a Paw Patrol mask because he switched it at lunchtime. <laughs> and then, then they shut the schools down the next day. I can easily see that. But, uh, oh, it, it's, it's already happening. I mean, it, it's really interesting. Like they had some high schools open and tons of schools have already been shut down. Like there's one school where someone who I guess was one of the teachers got COVID. And so they shut it down. Like it was only open for like two days or something and they ended up shutting the school down. So it's already happening here. So I'm kind of just like, what's the point of even opening it if they're all going to get shut down every other week? Wow. It just doesn't even make sense to me. So I'm like, how about we just pay all the parents to stay home and educate their kids at home? Um, at least until, you know, things, things settle down a little bit, but I don't know. I'm uh, clearly, I'm not in control of those decisions. So, (laughs) (laughs) so all I can do is what I can do with my own household. So I'm, I'm very grateful that I work from home, you know, Mm -hmm. so I can, you know, do this at home and not not send them into an environment that might not be might not even be the safest for them at the time so we'll see we'll see what happens with it that's for sure (laughs) 
Yeah, and it, it just makes me think, because I used to think about this when I was in high school is, you know, more outdoor uh, environment, you know, because mm. we're, we're in school, what, eight, six, eight hours a day. Yeah. Work is a, I work 10 hours a day, you know, so like you're literally mm. in a building, in a building for 10 hours, you know, mm. and then we just become so acclimated to it that, of course, you got people racing for it to be Friday. You know, yeah. and like just trying to soak in all of Saturday and then Sunday night, they're having like a mild panic attack because they got to start all over, you know, Monday. Yeah, it's a time where our nervous systems are just really, really, really shot. And that's why I'm like, everyone really got to start doing some breath work and some meditations and, and, you know, make sure you shower every day and make sure you're, you know, doing your self care because it's rough right now. It's rough. And that actually leads me to my next question. So six months, all right, been declared a pandemic six months into it. When people are in this kind of, I guess we say we're at the midway point in some ways, now some ways we want a couple of steps, a couple of squares back. For those people who are in the midway point, let's say they listen to this episode, they're like, great, they're going to start implementing that change. And then January comes along, December comes along, they're at their midway point. They're falling off the wagon a little bit. They don't know quite how to go back into it they don't feel like it's worth it they're questioning their values what are some of the tips you can give them to help them get back on the wagon yeah one of the key things like for me like if i fall off because obviously over the years i have fallen off my personal development wagon and what i do is i just make sure i do body check-ins because Mm -hmm. if that day i'm feeling bad something is off. You know, our bodies tell us everything. There's a really incredible book called The Body Keeps the Score. And it's written by um, a psychologist, actually a psychiatrist who um, work with people with severe PTSD. And they talk about how our bodies hold everything. And I just, I stay in tune with my body all the time. You know, I make sure I'm, I have, you know, plenty of nourishment and and eat nourishing foods. I make sure that I'm taking care of myself. And it's kind of like after a while, it just becomes a habit. And then you do notice things. So even when you do fall off the wagon, things start feeling off. And because things start feeling off, you're like, okay, I do need to get back on the wagon. Like once you're in a phase of like, oh, this feels good. This feels good. This feels good. That feels great meditating. That feels great doing the breath work. You start, your body starts wanting that more than the negative things. So then when things are start happening, you're like, oh, things are feeling bad. You naturally start gravitating towards it. And I found that with myself because I was like, oh my gosh, like I've, you know, really fallen off my personal development wagon and I haven't like journaled in like a month. Like, oh my gosh, like what is going on with me? But that the reason why I was panicking was because I wasn't doing my work. And so it kind of like naturally just drew me back into doing it. And this has happened numerous times over the past 14 years. Cause it's like, ah, oh, screw it. Like this meditation stuff isn't working and I still feel horrible. I still have anxiety, but it's because I hadn't found the right thing that worked for me. And so it just, I just had to keep searching. And so the key is just keep on searching, keep figuring out what works for you. For some people, it's just working out every single day. And that alone is the thing that is their personal development. And people have huge transformations just from going on walks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of crazy, but like, like it's something that seems so simple and sometimes healing can be so simple. It's like, does that really work? Does really sitting and meditating for five minutes a day, does that really work? And you could be skeptical about it, but once you're in a pattern of doing it, 
you, your body physically starts feeling so good that when you get off track, you're like, ah, oh, crap. It, and you'll automatically start feeling like I, I'm getting back on this wagon because I felt so good when I was doing that. And it, it, our bodies just kind of lead us. When our bodies are feeling bad, it, that's a signal something's off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting you said that because <laughs> I see people run sometimes. I'm just like, I, I would never, like, that doesn't interest me. I support my friends who run marathons. I'm just like, I, 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 don't, I don't want to. Yeah, me but, neither. I'm not running ever. <laughs> right, right. And, and I'll tell you, I have, like, my breasts are huge. Like, when I used to run in high school, I used to hold my breasts and run to catch the bus. Like, it's, it hurts. Like, it's heavy. You're yeah. out of breath. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. It's not fun for me. Um, but what I realize is that uh, for some of my friends, when they run, that's their process of removing the negative out their life like when mm. they're running it's like they're out running what's holding them back it's like they got to get it mm. all out their system and for them it's running that's what gets yep. out their system so i i respect that yeah absolutely my my um, middle son or my oldest son he's 11 and he loves running running is his jam I don't get it. I'm just like, okay, run, do you, boo, but I'm not participating in the running. Um, I will participate in roller skating, <laughs> um, but that's pretty much the only sport I will participate in. Um, you know, so, or hula hooping, I could hula hoop, um, but I'm not, I'm just never been athletic. I'm not super good at sports in general, um, but I've never been a fan of running. I've always just been like, oh, this is, I would dread it when it was in school. But for some people, it's a healing thing for them. It's an empowering thing for them. They feel so wonderful after they do it. They, like you said, they shed all that crap off of them while they're doing it and I'm just like go for it if that's your thing if your thing is going on hikes if your thing is just walking your dog if your thing is journaling every single day if your thing is doing breath work in the mornings if your thing is sometimes just taking a shower can be so healing for a person I love taking showers to me it's just like washes all the energy off of me and I just I love it it's like I get a fresh start every time I take a shower so showers are something that's very healing it's part of my self-care um so so everyone has their own version of healing and I think you know we there's no right or wrong way to heal um for myself you know, a lot of therapy didn't work so well for me. Um, it just didn't click. Um, but I, once I found somatic therapy, then it did click. Then it was like, oh, it was the style of therapy that wasn't working out because I was trying EMDR and like regular, like talk therapy. And, and then once someone was like, well, I think maybe try somatic. And actually it was one of my, um, relationship coaches who recommended somatic. And then once I got into somatic, I was just like, oh my goodness gracious. Like, this is my jam. And I'm actually currently studying to become a somatic therapist um, as well. I have like all the books, like I have piles of somatic <laughs> books like next to me. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm all about, you know, people figuring out what works best for them. And I don't think one thing just works for everyone. It's really just finding what works for you, finding what feels good and incredible. And as long as it's, you know, a healthy thing that feels good, like don't think using coke is going to be the thing just because it makes you feel good um something that genuinely makes you feel good where you're not putting substances or something addictive into your body um and you know focus on on doing those things that feel good and if hanging around certain people doesn't make you feel good spend less time with that person mm-hmm. you know you don't have to say yes to every single party and meet up you know or you can go and just stay for an hour and be like oh i have some other things i need to do like bye 
and go. You know, like there's, there's a lot of things we can do to regulate our own nervous systems and we don't have to say yes, yes, yes to every single freaking thing. We, we can say no, we can make those boundaries because that's part of healing. Once you start making healthy boundaries, that's telling the universe that you care about yourself, that you care about your own energy and you care about your own time. You're proving to the universe that you care about it. So then therefore the universe is going to get back to you and say, Hey, you're actually taking care of yourself. Awesome. I'm going to start blessing you with a bunch of cool stuff. Right. Right. And what's somatic therapy? So somatic, it's more body-based. It's really feeling-based. It's not like a therapy where you're kind of like just like sharing all your stories. And it's like, this is what happened. And this is what happened. And this is what happened. With somatic, you don't even really, the, the therapist doesn't even need to know all the things that happen. They don't need to know all the details in order for the transformation to happen. And it really is a great way to separate yourself from like, say, an experience or a person. Like maybe you had a really horrible, toxic ex-boyfriend. And you can start separating yourself from that experience so that you're no longer feeling that negative like charge or that negative trigger anymore. And it's just, it's really incredible. It really like opened up my eyes to like a whole different way of being because it was so much about how we felt in our body. Like even like if I was talking about something and like your toes are moving in a certain way, like that actually meant things in our body. It was, it was so incredible just just working with a therapist that was like that. And so that's when I started like diving really deep into it. And there's so many processes that we use for checking in with our bodies. And in it all goes along, like even with the Body Keeps the Score book, I don't think like he, he wasn't even a somatic therapist, but like he talks so much about the body and our feelings and though it just, it all connects and, and it's been really, really incredible to see. And so I'm excited to start learning more somatic. Um, I, I already was doing a lot of it in my coaching kind of naturally. Um, I didn't realize some of the processes I was doing was considered somatic, like as like what a somatic therapist would do. They were just things that started happening to me nat- naturally as working with people. Um, but now I'm like diving deep and I've bought all the books and there's um, a certification program that I'm hoping to start in January. Um, if I'm able to get in um, a lot of these types of therapies are they're, their classes are packing full um, because people are really interested in learning different styles of, you know, working with their clients and and that sort of thing. So I'm hoping the one that I want to, I'm hoping I can get in, um, but I'm doing a trauma informed uh, coaching certification in September. Um, I'm already pretty trauma informed as it is um, just from dealing with my own PTSD and my own anxiety and depression um, and through working with lots of clients over the past three years. Um, But I want to make sure I get properly trained um, because I do like to have some of those proper certifications um, under my belt too. Um, Just makes me feel more confident when I'm working with my clients. Um, But yeah, I love somatic. It's just very body-based and you can google it just google somatic experiencing or somatic therapy and just you know there's like somatic meditations and things like that and and it's all just really about our body and how we feel and all of our senses from smelling and seeing and just anything tactile feeling touching um yeah really incredible stuff so i highly recommend everyone at least trying it to see if it's their thing because for me it was by far the most powerful um healing work that i've had done Nice. Very nice. Yeah, that that sounds really interesting. And I wrote the name of the book down to help people get started. The body keeps the score. Yes. We have covered a lot, Kimra. Any yes. words? <laughs> 
So my, I mean, my final words for today would really be, you know, keep on your journey. Everyone here is, is healing. I haven't met one person that doesn't have to heal in some way or shape or form. Everyone has experienced something to heal from and really just start being patient and kind with others. And you start kind of looking at others and seeing like seeing them from a compassionate point of view. Um, it really helps our relationships with them and with ourselves. Um, and I think a big piece of it is just keep on keep on growing you know I really believe in the phrase if you're not growing you're dying Um, and you don't want to be going in the dying direction let's go in the growth direction and um, and it's okay to take a pause you can take a breather you don't have to be just like doing personal development work every single day all day long Um, but go at your own pace take your time with it do what feels comfortable for you you know if looking in the mirror is hard or even reading a personal development book is hard or something's triggering for you, you know, take it, take it easy, take it slower. You don't have to go fast. Um, everyone wants to heal like, like it's magic, you know, just snap your fingers and you're healed. And sure, there could be times where a 30 minute session with someone, all of a sudden some big breakthroughs happen, but that doesn't mean every single thing is completely healed, right? We all have work to do and you could heal through a lot of stuff and then something else just happens to you. Like if you consider right now with COVID-19, Every person on the planet is traumatized by this. Every human, the whole, the whole country, the whole world. Um, and so we're all affected by something that is a, a negative experience. Um, and so there's going to be a lot of people who are healing through this later, you know, um, this whole, you know, being in like lockdown and not being able to connect with people in the same ways we've been able to before. It has created a lot of stress and trauma for people. And, you know, so every person's experienced it. We all have our own healing journeys in the way that we handle things. And, you know, if we can see each other with compassion and love and support each other and care about each other, this world is just going to be a better place. Yes. Honor your journey. Well, thank you so much, Camera. As always, it's a pleasure having you on the show. For everyone, please be kind to yourself. I'm sending you so many blessings. And as always, I'm rooting for you. Until next time. As always, Spiritual Trailblazer, thank you for tuning in. Do make sure to stop by and visit me at tiamariejohnson.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Last but not least, be kind to yourself. I'm rooting for you, and I'm sending you so many blessings. Until next time.